Welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, how real estate managers are addressing COVID-19. Our topic today is reopening for business. I'm here with Sheila Matuzak of Coeo Space, an award-winning open data technology platform that uses scientific algorithms to match users to the perfect commercial space in seconds. Welcome, Sheila. Can you share how property managers can best prepare their buildings for people to come back to work? Thanks, Suzanne. Reentry has become a key topic for property managers, owners, and companies as the shelter-at-home requirements are easing up. I think one realization that's come to light is we are now in the healthcare business. 90% of people's time is spent indoors, and now property managers, part of your job is to make sure your building is healthy. Um, I think it's very important that the occupants feel like owners have a handle on it and put together a key plan that's really heavily communicated to them. Many top landlords and commercial real estate services companies have been getting together, putting their heads together to come up with what the best way to bring people back is. I don't think there's any one right answer. We've seen Cushman and Wakefield come out with what they call the six-foot office plan. CBRE and JLL have come out with plans on the evolution of what happened with COVID, putting everybody into shock all the way to how we'll eventually flourish. Um, so I think what's key is to keep in mind safety and wellness are now the key criteria. And it's important for property managers to first and foremost have a plan to communicate to tenants. And typically that plan will include a layered defense approach, which really starts thinking about how do I bring back perhaps like 20% of the tenants and then eventually increase that over time. So with that in mind, there's a number of practical solutions that can be done to make your building safer and cleaner. First, you can communicate and create a partnership with your tenants so you're in sync. So you know what they're doing and they know what you're doing. For example, if you are willing to take people's temperatures as they enter the building, that's something then your tenants won't need to do when they allow the people to come back into their space. So I think one, the second thing that comes out of that is property managers should really be thinking about how to manage public and common spaces. How is the traffic going to flow into and out of the building? And again, are they going to manage the, the wellness checks at the entry? and provide PPE such as masks, gloves, um, possibly even gowns at some point. And mostly, how are you going to implement social distancing? So I think that's important to think through at the security gates as well as in the elevators. We've seen certain landlords even looking at installing partitions in the elevators so that multiple people can go up an elevator but still feel safe. I think the other clear thing that people, property managers can do is do everything you can to increase the air quality in your building, run the fans, open operable buildings, change air filters, increase exposure to sunlight where you can. Um, I think increasing air ventilation and filtration is key. And then obviously increase your cleaning standards. And one thing we're finding is really important for property managers to do is to let the people see the workers cleaning throughout the day. Because even though you are, you can see that the building's clean, people are now at a point where they want to feel it's clean, smell it's clean, and really feel safe when they're entering the building and then their own workspace. 
And so what are employers planning to implement in terms of phased returns to work or shifts? I think it's been really interesting to hear how employers are thinking about this. One of the key things I thought was interesting is I've heard a number of top employers say things such as, it's not only important to have a plan on how to bring people back, but we won't bring people back until we have an outbreak plan, meaning what are we going to do if we brought people back and someone calls in and says they've been tested positively for COVID. So to me, that was sort of enlightening that this needs to be an all-encompassing plan. Um, And Mm -hmm. most of the top employers, you may have seen that Google announced they're not bringing people back in this calendar year period. So what some of the companies have decided is it's actually easier to leave people working remotely if it's worked for their company than to start bringing people back. But plenty of them are starting to think about a staged approach, bringing back 20% of their their people, then 30, and then 50% over time. What I've heard from most employers is it's not likely they get back to 100% until there's a vaccine. So what lots of employers are doing is rethinking their space and, again, how to enter and exit from it. We've seen them look to their architects to potentially even look at their floor plan and reorganize how it will work so that people are six feet apart and they have areas where perhaps they have sanitation stations, they have one-way streets for traffic. So the whole idea is to make the space work in a different way. And we've even seen some companies decide to open like their big downtown um, headquarters touchdown suburban locations built out with collaborative space designed to put to allow people to work in a collaborative way but still maintain the six feet distance. So a lot of supply chain issues such as providing white sanitizer, PPE, and again, employers just thinking about how do we bring people together yet keep them six feet apart. That being said, it sounds like companies still plan to continue using teleworking options, right? Suzanne, I think teleworking is definitely here to stay. Um, For example, DocuSign is a company I recently spoke with, and they said they've already told employers that employees that if they have any issues with childcare, with elderly, or with their own health, that to just assume that they can continue to work remotely as long as they'd like. And I think what a lot of companies have seen is how functional their company has been, even though people have been working remotely. Obviously, everybody's doing Zoom calls today and using a lot of project management software such as Teams, Slack, that sort of thing. But um, I think that teleworking is here to stay in a lot of ways, and perhaps the paradigm is going to shift where teams are going into the office a few days a week and working from home the other days versus it being typically worked from home and every so often you would – I mean, you worked at the office – And then every so often you would work from home. That could completely shift for a lot of companies. What about physical barriers like partitions or closing certain areas of the office? I definitely think physical barriers are going to be in play. We've actually seen a run-up on plexiglass because a lot of people want the physical barrier, but they want it to be clear and see-through so you can still feel like you're engaging with the person. You can see them. 
I don't think that companies are necessarily going to close off space because that would ultimately create less space. But what we do see people doing is de-densifying conference rooms, workstations. So what they're doing is crossing off perhaps every other bench seat and perhaps even going a little further so that people aren't facing each other unless they have the glass partition. So we have seen some ideas where companies are converting kitchens into areas perhaps with a barista or someone to serve food so that you don't have everyone touching the equipment and the refrigerator and, and working with it in that way. But I think people are going to be needing to use all the space that they have. They're just going to be using it with a lot less people and perhaps even doing some renovation in the space. There's one pharmaceutical company in Chicago that's already said that they are going to basically gut and redo their space and go from, instead of being in the collaborative, open kind of space, they're going to go back to standards such as 250 square feet a person and have private offices and large hallways and that sort of thing. So you're seeing a lot of people do things in between that solution, but it's becoming incredibly interesting to see how innovative people are going to be about how to use their space. And sanitation and cleaning, what can managers continue to do there? Well, sanitation is incredibly important. So I think we're going to see people cleaning much more frequently. Um, they're going to be using a lot of signage in really positive ways, but enabling or you know really encouraging people to practice good hygiene and wash their hands, use the hand sanitizing stations. Uh, a lot of buildings are going to need to upgrade their restrooms to have touchless soap and antiviral cleaning supplies. So I think we're going to see a lot of actual increased cleaning standards as well as most landlords looking to do no-touch solutions in their common areas. No-touch garbage and recycling receptacles, you know, the faucets and restrooms and possibly even installing things like new toilets that don't, you know, that do a lot of more things automatically. Sheila, any other advice for real estate managers as we start to reopen for business? Well, I think along these lines, my last bit of advice would be to remember to remind your owners as well that to stay competitive, you really have to have healthy buildings. Um, it used to be a nice to have, and now I think it's a must have. So by having healthier buildings, it will obviously help defeat the disease, save lives, but I think it will also create long-term value for the building and the owners. Sheila, thank you so much for your time. Please continue to visit iRoam.org where you'll find our page dedicated to providing updates and resources to support real estate managers in making informed decisions during this time. That's irem.org.